Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast, helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. Hey, this is Rob, and welcome to this very special interview with someone I've been wanting to get on the podcast for a long time now, Courtney Pratt. Courtney is a regional manager for Fulton Hogan in New Zealand, and she leads a team of more than 100 staff. She's a mother of three small kids, six, four, and two, and a wife to James, and an elite ultra-distance athlete, with recent results including first place at the Ring of Fire 73-kilometer uh, race in Rotorua, which is an epic mountain race. Um, she finished that in 11 hours, 45 minutes, led from start to finish. Uh, second place in the 2022 Rotorua Marathon in her inaugural marathon for her, running 3.02 in that time, smoking in second place. So, and Tarawira Ultra has been where Courtney has really um, excelled in New Zealand, including um, her best time, 11 hours and two minutes this year in 2023 for a 14th place finish. In 2018, she got fourth place with 11 hours, 11 minutes, and 2016, fifth place in the first ultra distance uh, 100k race for her in 12 hours and 17 minutes. What's so special about Courtney is the person that she is, and that's going to come through for you on this interview. Courtney manages to fit all of this stuff in her life, being this busy uh, regional manager in a really high demanding industry, and also to, to maintain a relationship and to bring up three small kids and still train and still manage to be just the beautiful person that she is, which is gonna you're going to learn about during this interview. I took a lot away from this interview, including something that Courtney shared with me that I've implemented straight away, and it's already made a difference to me just um, immediately. You're going to find out how she manages it all, what drives her, and I guarantee there's something here for you to take away and implement to help you um, manage things in your life or go after the things that you really want. So I absolutely love this interview. I hope you get as much out of it as I did, and Please enjoy this really wide-ranging interview with Courtney Pratt. All right, so I'm with Courtney Pratt, um, super runner, mother of three from New Zealand, who's uh, extremely humble and will probably talk down everything that I say. But Courtney, thank you for your time today on the podcast. I'm so grateful to have you on. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. I feel a little bit nervous about this. I'm not sure um, what I can offer your listeners, but excited to have a chat with you anyway exactly why you're the perfect person for this court um so i just want to read through i've read your bio on the intro but i just wanted to just to talk about the recent races that you've done i mean tara weir is probably one of the top five races in the world now would you agree putting in utmb western states um you know it, it fits in that top three top five category um and you 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 placed again you came at a really high place running a PB in was it three months ago now, 11th of February, running 11.02 in your third running of the Tower we are 100. Um, can you talk to us about that recent, the last one, so the 2023 100K Tower Wow. Um, I actually had never even thought of it in that scale. Um, yeah, I suppose it is quite a premier event now. Um, I, I think I, I hadn't run it for about, five years and so I sort of still had visions of it five years ago when I stepped up to the line this year um, and it was a different beast it was a highly professional really um, elite field which felt amazing to be a part of um, and quite um, 
a little bit scary to be um, up at the line with some of those amazing women from around the world, um, but also really inspiring. So um, I went out wanting to um, at least match what I'd done in the past um, or better what I'd done in the past, which was about 11 hours, 11 minutes. Um, and and with, you know, five years of age, um, also five years of experience and three children since that, that last race that I'd done, um, that was quite a big feat for me. I, I felt that was, a, that was a good stretch to just try and um, better what I'd done in the past. And um, I did do that, um, but it was a challenging day, I think. <clears throat> I I really um, put a lot of expectation around it and I think that really framed my mental state in the event and I didn't enjoy myself as much as I had in the past, probably with that that expectation. Um, I yeah. I didn't enjoy it as much, but I still performed okay. <laughs> Thanks for being honest about that because I'd like to ask you about that. When you just said then, you said you wanted to perform better than you did five years ago despite... Yeah. Three kids in between. Yes, you heard that correctly. Three kids in between the last one. Oh, um, you ran an exceptional time in 2018, 11 hours, 11 minutes. You came fourth place. You were running against professional runners. This year, as a five years later, this race has grown exponentially. Um, a lot more professional runners come to this race now. You were up against them. But personally, you had this expectation, I wanted to do better than last time. And then you said that kind of clouded your experience of the race. Um, can you just talk where that expectation came from? Why was it important for you to, to do better than 2018? Um, I think it does it does stem back a little bit to my why, which we were talking about um, just before you hit the record. Um, but I, I think I want to um, challenge what people think is possible with, um, you know, being a, a woman in my late late thirties with three ch young children and uh, quite a busy job, and certainly far from professional, um, that that I can still um, really push the limits of what I'm capable of, um, and and do myself proud. So um, yeah, I think it was just a challenge that I laid down to myself. Really, um, I, I like that being on the edge of of possibility for for my for my capability you know so really testing that so setting that expectation high it, that pushes you to test that limit that yeah you set it up I think um I don't know I think if I'd done it if I'd done it before I should be able to do it again but um with a, a few different constraints, I suppose. So it was it was a challenging goal for me, and I was grateful for to do it. Um, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy day, um, race wise. Can you talk us through that and, and how it wasn't an easy day? I know the conditions were, weren't great. Um, why was it not an easy day for me? It was um, probably went out a little bit hard, and um, and then through the middle again it's where your expectations um you get in trouble when your expectations don't meet reality I think so if you have low expectations and reality is you know okay then you um feel really good and happy but if you set your expectations um a bit in, out of what actually happens then you can get yourself into trouble so I, I um there was a center the middle of the race um was relatively flat but it was also relatively exposed. 
Um, and there was a change, of course, on the day of the race, which meant that um, there was a uh, some of the, the there was a lap, um, and some of the course was looped back on itself. And mentally, that was a lot tougher. Um, I had kind of assumed that my pace would be um, a bit faster through those flat, exposed sections, less technical. Um, instead, I was really struggling. It was hot. Um, and, I, yeah, because I had expected that I'd be moving a bit quicker, I felt disappointed, frustrated, um, slow, uh, like I was letting myself down through that middle section. And I, um, passing the finish line at about 40 or 45 kilometres, I thought, it's going to be a tough day. Um, I don't think I've ever come so close to wanting to throw in the towel. Um, and then um, past, the, past the finish line, hit that halfway or but past halfway at 55Ks and then let those expectations go. Um, let sort of thought, no, I'm here, I'm going to finish it. Um, uh, and then found a rhythm and had a really great back half of the course once I had let those expectations go like, oh, yep, what? it's going to be a tough day. Um, uh, I might not hit my goal. Let's just get this thing done. Let's enjoy it. And once I found that mindset, all of a sudden things came right. So it was quite a lesson, actually. This is really good. Thanks for taking us through that because a lot of runners do, do the same um, pattern, but they can't recover like you did so they have the you talked about having the expectations you got to that part of the course where you weren't meeting them the pace wasn't right you were feeling worse than you could have but you managed to deal with it can you just you gave us some some um you let go of the time that you had and you just started to enjoy it can you can you go to that moment where you said okay i'm not where i want to be i'm not going to pull out at 41 k's when i pass the finish line on the lap can you kind of if you can drill into how you actually reframe that mindset. Um, I started, I I, um, I probably went to a little bit of Martin Fryer actually and I I put on the what the, the scientist hat and the um, what's in my control hat. Um, so I I thought what would make me feel better? I'd try to shoe change, um, which I wouldn't normally do so early on. Um, and then... I thought, oh, that, at least it's a change. It might a change is as good as a holiday. It might make me feel a bit better. Um, did that and had a little rest, which again I probably wouldn't normally do. Um, and I think I'd even changed my shirt, so just a bit of a change of those small things. And then I hit the caffeine quite a lot earlier than I than I normally would have, um, and really concentrated on um, on fuel and fluid. Um, probably more took on more than I normally would, just tried to um, give myself, make myself feel good. Um, and it did work. So, you know, a few kilometres later, I felt significantly better. Um, and and then I hit the sort of a, a much shadier, much um, more interesting section of the course and was able to really find a bit more flow and enjoy myself. So, um, yeah, just um, getting quite granular about, small things that can um, make you feel better in the moment that helped I think I don't know there's that's a, a good answer of, oh there's a lot of wisdom in that and shows you experience in running because a lot of runners don't realize if something's not working then change change something and like you said a shoe, shoe change shirt change I just want to go that one last thing you said 
where you just you entered the more interesting part of the course, but you just started to enjoy it more. Where, where was your focus mm. when you uh, yeah. uh, focus? I think my focus was on. Um, so I did change. I let go of that. Um, what I had said. I, I really did have to let go of my initial goals, and I reset my goal um, at that point where I was feeling awful. Um, and I thought, no, nope, goal is um, give it my best and finish. <laughs> I really just like gave it right away. Um, and in doing that, then I was able to enjoy um, the, in the moment, like actually you're moving well, like acknowledging um, those, uh, yeah. So acknowledging that you're, you're moving well, um, this is giving yourself some positive feedback around how you're performing even on the uh, each section, so between aid stations. Um, and then, yeah, I had a real a couple of really blinder sections um, later in the course and then landed um, about 80 kilometres and I knew that I was going to be cutting it down to the wire, absolutely to the wire, on hitting my sub 11 hour goal um, and I knew and I was feeling great actually so I was pushing very very hard over those last last 20 k's um, but I and I knew right down to the last five kilometers that I had a good chance of hitting it but I, I, I just couldn't couldn't get the pace that I needed to go sub 11 hours but um, I gave it everything. This is, this is an amazing masterclass in goal setting on its own. So just to reiterate, your pre-race goal was a sub 11 hour run. So yeah. you've done 11 11 in 2018. You want to do a sub 11. You've made that clear with yourself. Um, but in the race, you had the expectation and you were lining up your current progress versus that expectation and it wasn't matching up. You thought, I'm not going to do this. This is not my race, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I should pull out. You then let go of that. And then enjoyed the race, focused on fueling, nutrition, enjoyment, um, and a finish. And consequently, you you finished two minutes outside your goal time. Is that correct? Eleven oh two. Is that the actual? Yeah. So once you let go of it, you could then actually pursue it without needing to attain it. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's um, yes. Yeah, it's, it's like happiness is is when you're. Um, not trying too hard. Kind of. um, it's interesting, actually, because I don't know if you're going to ask, but I ran another race about a month later with a completely different mindset, and I've had quite a, a change in my um, mindset learning, I suppose. So four weeks later, 11th of March, you ran the Ring of Fire 73 kilometres, and you won that in a cracking time of 11 hours 45 over a brutal course. I was looking at the elevation. Can you, so take us to that mindset and what you learned from Tarawira, um, sorry if I'm not pronouncing it correctly, to the Ring of Fire only one month later. I think, um, again, this is, a, it's all around my expectations. So for this race, I had, um, I had been resting really for that month. I hadn't done a great deal of training other than some, a bit of maintenance um, and I was really concentrating on recovery and I had been wanting to do this race for about three three years actually through COVID and um, for various reasons hadn't been able to complete it um, and I just saw this race as an adventure like I it was a beautiful landscape that I, I just a day out on the mountain that I really wanted to do and um, and I 
went in thinking, look, I'm pretty, I'm pretty big nut. Um, I don't know how this will go. I'm definitely not a professional athlete that backs up several weeks or a month later. Um, and so I didn't expect too much of myself. And I just wanted to have a really, really good day. And um, yeah, we now didn't actually it had a really, really good day and just enjoyed the, the whole day. I, I don't really recall having any lows um, for, the, for the day. That's incredible. So holding those two mindsets or those two approaches side yeah. completely different. Um, and I guess with the wisdom of looking back, so, so you led that race from start to finish, right? The Ring of Fire. Yeah, I um I sort of went out with a couple of the front sort of women and sat with them for about five k's, and I thought, no, nah, this is too slow for me. <laughs> I think I've got more. I think I just need to go for it and see how it goes. And so yeah, I I took the lead from about five k in. Yeah, That's beautiful. And even that mindset there, I'm just going to go for it and see how it goes. If you compare that to Tarawira, where you were had an expectation of how you should be performing at X kilometer in the race and judging yourself against that you know yeah determined which represented um you coming back from three kids and doing everything you've done in the five years whereas this race was a standalone adventure in the mountains yeah yeah totally and everyone at home is is uh, taking notes about this let's go to that can we go to how you you manage and i'd really love to hear like practical training um, tips of how you do it. How do you, you work, you manage a lot of staff. How many staff or, can you tell us about your job? And then you've got three kids, a husband, you're training, you're competing against these. Can you take us all that, wrap us up and talk us through how you do it? Um, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm really lucky. I have a job that I really enjoy. I'm, um, I manage a business for a, a um, construction company in New Zealand called Fulton Hogan, and I um, manage a regional um, area for them. And I have 110 staff um, and three depots, um, and it's it's pretty busy and it's pretty hands on. And but I love it. Um, it's a, yes, I'm pretty regularly a 60 hour week, so um, I'm really grateful to be supported by my husband who's at home full-time at the moment. Um, my children are six, Harry is six, Walt's four, and I'm two years old. Um, and so they're busy and chaotic and joyous. Um, but I guess we've, um, we're have we lucky that I, we can have a parent at home to split those duties um, as best we can. Um, how do I manage it? Um, yeah, I guess I have a pretty... Um, I have a pretty clear focus um, and I, I'm pretty disciplined about not getting distracted from those things. So my priorities are pretty much um, family, um, work, and then my training goal. Um, beyond that, everything's kind of a bonus. So I, I'm trying, and that can be a sacrifice, right? So sometimes that can be a little bit lonely or you wish you had more social interaction or um yeah so I'm very clear that those that's the priorities and that's the order um and sometimes that means sacrifice um in terms of the daily um I usually have a very early alarm 
And so I have the morning when the kids are asleep or my husband's asleep. Um, and and then James, my husband, has the evening. So when I get home from work, I'm mum and I come in the door, we high five. Um, I take over bedtime, dinner, bath time duties, putting the kids to bed and James goes to the gym or um, has his time out. So I have the morning, sometimes that's 4am till 7am, sometime in that range and James has the evening and it seems to work well for us that way. Um, what else? So what that means is when you're having a really regular early rise, I'm, I have a really um, strong bedtime hygiene, I suppose. Um, so I go to bed pretty early and um, I guess what that means is not that much Netflix, um, although occasionally I do get caught out um, with with wanting to sit up and, and watch something. But I don't watch a great deal of TV um, and I do go to bed early and I do get up early. Um, what else on a day-to-day? I, I guess that's those are some fundamentals, really. So the, the training's early. What happens with three young kids? Your nights, I'm assuming, aren't always sleeping through. You're up at night, sick kids, kids aren't sleeping well. How do you then back up for that morning training? Yeah, um, coffee. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think sleep has become a much bigger focus in the last 12 to 18 months. So really defending and protecting my sleep. So when it is broken, making sure that I um, try and um, rest more, um, which might mean going to bed very early, like going to bed not long after my children. Um, And it might mean that if on the weekend, if the kids are having a quiet afternoon um, or my daughter has a nap um, that I might let them watch half an hour, an hour of TV, and that might mean that I lie down on the couch and, and sleep, which is not, not, you know, I'm quite an active person, but, yeah, really making sure that I get as much rest as I can um, and as high quality as I can. So I've been a bit more careful about um, caffeine in the afternoons in order to make sure that that rest and recovery overnight is as high quality as I can make it as well. So um, quantity and quality focus on the sleep yeah okay this is really this is really fascinating for a lot of people of how this all fits in with your work um you are high level management now and um obviously that means after hours you're probably doing work as well or you're thinking about it or how how do you switch that off and still prioritize training when you know you could use that morning time to get ahead on work or or um other reasons. Um, I can't, I do do some of my best thinking on the run so um, I think that I actually really value my training because I think it, it helps me um, yeah clarify thought um, prepare myself for the day uh, I feel like it's actually an investment in my day an investment in me feeling like a happy um, happy manager happy mum happy wife um, so that it's actually I feel like it pays off for me. The cost is worth it. Um, and, uh, yeah, in the in the evening when I get home, I'm, again, I'm pretty um, ruthlessly um, defensive of that time with my children. So I 
I don't get as much of it as a lot of mums or, you know, or dads. So um, that time in the evening when I am mum, I, I try and get up the driveway. I don't touch my phone or my laptop until the children are in bed. And I, I, I just try and be really present in that time. So even though it's not as a huge amount of time, I try my best to be on. Like I am, I, I take off my worker hat and I'm the mum. I put on my mum hat and I'm mum for that time. So, yeah, it's quite, I suppose, because I'm not there all day, I really value it so much and I try and it makes me approach it more positively even if I'm tired or the kids are a bit cranky. Um, I'm definitely not perfect and I still sometimes crack it by the time they're ready to go to bed, but um, it definitely helps me frame that time as really precious. This is really, I'm learning a lot from this about, about how, like you said before, disciplined you are with your time and how defensive you are around it because um, compartmentalising that time when you get home as 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 um, mum time and kid time. C- can we talk about those identities? Because you, you've mentioned your identity as a mother. Um, can you talk about how mum, career woman and athlete, can you talk to me from those identities and how they kind of fit together and when you transition from one to another, if that makes sense? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I do. I'm, I've never been asked that before. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think I have probably... I, ooh. I think some people now think that having those separate identities is not necessarily that healthy. Uh, so I find it works for me doing that single, kind of single focus thing or compartmentalising um, because it, I think a quality focus means that I, you know, even though it is a small amount of time, it's it's high quality time. Um Hmm, how do I transition between them? Sometimes badly. Um, I think I've learned a few things. So I used to come up the driveway and sometimes I'd still be on the phone in the car and then I'd sit in the car and they'd be, you know, standing at the gate waiting for me, you know, and so I try not to do that anymore. Um, I try and make sure I'm finished my phone call before I come up the driveway and I'm fully available because they're so excited that I'm home. Um, And then... I think one um, switching between the athlete and the and the um, worker. I I don't know that I'm not sure I do. I, I think they're the same person. <laughs> That's interesting. Let's let's have a look at that because I wanted to ask how your career helps you as an athlete because you've talked about how your running helps you be a better manager and and you know with your relationships at work and and in life. But how does it go the other way with big projects that you're planning, managing all these people and logistics and everything? Does that help you as a runner and and managing big races and and I think I think it does. So I'm in sort of a projects industry, and so you're always working toward a short to medium term goal as well as some longer term ones, business wise. Um, and and I think that um, like in a, an athlete mindset, you're always you've got sort of your life goals. Like I want to be that stringy 80-year-old runner who's still winning their category because they're the only one turning up and they're healthy. Um, and then you've got your, you know, medium-term goals, um, working toward 
um, running a three sub three hour marathon or whatever, and then your short term goals, which might be the next um, the next phase in your training or the next um, you know uh, B event or uh, event in your build up, um, and so works kind of similar. You've got um, you've got those sort of lots of different um, milestones, and it and it does help you in terms of planning and. Um, yeah, prioritizing and um, working toward longer term objectives. So I, I find it really helpful, and it, it's. I want my my team to feel like they've they're able to pursue um, goals out enriching life things outside of their work as well, because it makes them more um, more engaged at work, and um, you know it makes you a, an interesting person and. Um, it adds to the fabric of your team so um, I hope that I, I do share some of the stuff that I'm doing outside of work um, while I'm at work and hopefully allow others to do that too, make time for their yeah, That's really cool, I want to come back to that, before I do, I just wanted to ask you when you are managing, so say you're running short term, medium term goals how do you do that, do you have spreadsheets do you write on the wall, do you keep in your head What's your um, system? Yeah, I'm a spreadsheeter. Um, yeah, I, I usually um, have a spreadsheet um, uh, training program for myself. Um, yeah, so that would be me. And so you mentioned before Martin Fryer, who's who's um, a ultra running coach in Australia, one of Australia's best runners. You used to work with Martin. Are you currently being coached, or do you self coach now? Or um, I am self coaching at the moment. I was being coached. Uh, last year but unfortunately um, my coach actually passed away which was really sad um, so not currently being coached but um, had a really good experience with him um, before he passed away and yeah I, I had been a, actually one of the things from the last 12 months I was really excited about was running my first marathon so I've, I feel like um, I've been a fake runner for a really long time because I've always run but I've never I've never done a road marathon and it's I've always been a bit scared of the road marathon because it's a bit of a um, measuring stick as a runner and I always thought oh, I'm not that fast and I'm not really a real runner and had all of these expectations around the road marathon and um, I did I did it and I loved it I actually had a, I had a great experience and now I think um, that's going to be my next challenge is is another road marathon, which is really surprising because I right. kind of have a this is good. So humble Courtney is sandbagging a little bit here because am I right in saying Ring of Fire was cancelled last year? So you did the Rotorua Marathon, is that correct? Yeah, yep. Yep. And you ran a three oh two fifty nine at Rotorua, right? And your first yeah. road marathon. Yeah, I was quite surprised actually. <laughs> it's a bit of a boomer of a day. Did you have an expectation? Were you trying to, to do that or how did you approach that race? I think my, I had kind of set my goal on about 3.15. So I really um, smashed that that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I really did surprise myself, but I um, I walked through the um, the registration hall at Rotorua Marathon and they have these boards up of all of the um, – previous winners of the Rotorua Marathon and I looked at it I was like there was pretty sort of the winning female times were 
250 to 305, say. And I was like, oh, I reckon I could do it. I reckon I could go under 305. Like, I think this might be possible. <laughs> and so I just lined up and thought, oh, I'll give it a crack. And I went out pretty hard. <laughs> and I paid for it at the end. But um, I, yeah, I ended up well and truly blowing my goal out of the water. And now I think I really, really have hunger to go under three hours. So um, that'll be the next, the next thing once my toenails grow back. <laughs> absolutely fascinating. Second place in the River Villa. Um, and congratulations on absolutely smashing it out. I wanted to go to this question. Um, when I was asking people what I should ask you for this, someone who's in your industry sent me this and I'd like to ask it because it's quite provocative and um, see where this takes you. I think Courtney would have an amazing insight as to balancing training with being a mother and wife and coming from a time demanding industry um, with a bad reputation. How has she overcome that and could lead to a model to help other females be attracted to engineering and other STEM jobs that have traditionally been male dominated with subsequent levels of divorce, obesity and alcoholism? Mm, yeah. Um, I, I think it's a real challenge. Um, and I love a challenge. So I, um, I kind of, um, I think... I this industry does have a, a bad reputation um, for those things. Um, I and I kind of see it as an opportunity because um, that means that we've got a scope to change and grow and, and improve. Um, and if I hopefully by through doing, I can set a little bit of an example, but also um, by um, helping my people to um, have the time, space, freedom um, and uh, feel comfortable to prioritise their families and prioritise their health um, and and basically um, more than just lip, paying more than just lip service to those things because it does actually, <laughs> in a selfish way, it, it um, works to your business objectives too. Um, my hopefully my team feel um, they can take the time to go and watch their son or daughters um, uh, cross country or be there for the big moments. You know, you're not you don't, you might not be there for all the moments, but having that freedom to um, prioritize the big moments for your family um, means that our, that my team are engaged and um, and productive at work because people who are who are unhealthy or unhappy or struggling with um, problems at home um, because they haven't prioritised their health or they haven't prioritised their family, they aren't productive at work or they're definitely not as productive and they're not happy and they, um, you know, that that's really spreads. That, you know, they're actually at risk of of injuring themselves or someone else. We, we work with machines of consequence you know it's it's not really um something you want to be in a state of distraction when you're working here um so i i think it's really important that um that we set an example and we allow people to to do that and we encourage people to do that so yeah no definitely something that i'm working on and it's actually um not just specific to women it's actually the whole workforce um yeah Definitely trying to um, encourage people to to be there for their 
for the big rocks in their life. Yeah, what I'm learning from you, Court, is is how first of all fiercely protective you are around your your time and your where your energy goes, and but also how you see, like when I asked you about athletic identity and about mum identity and about career identity, you didn't separate them you see it as one being or as one entity and that's the way you've just talked about your workforce as well it's like if, if things are not good at home uh, then you're going to bring that to work and if things are not good in your health then you're going to bring that to work um what we've spoken about in the past is that you aren't on social media you are a private person you're hard to research there's not much on if you're preparing for this online um and do you, is that part of it is that is that why you're able to train well and be a great mom and, and have a good relationship and be in the role you're in. Is it that you do have these fierce boundaries? Um, I think it, it helps. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I have been on social media in the past and I'm just as susceptible to the algorithms as anyone else. But I've, I think I've recognized that for me, the, um, the time is not worth the benefit. So I have purposely not put any effort in there and I'd rather um, call a girlfriend while I'm walking the dog or um, call my nana, <laughs> FaceTime my nana while I'm walking the dog. Or um, And also it's just, a, you know, it helps me pay into that quality time. So if I'm distracted by it, which I am, just like most people, um, it just helps me to not be on it because that means that I am less distracted when I'm in the moment with my family. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, it's been um, positive. It, it means I have to be really intentional about staying in touch with, with friends. Um, and I, I do use other, um, yeah, text message, call, um, WhatsApp. I do, I do stay in touch with people, but it is on a really intentional level. Um, and yeah, so I, I find that it is a, just another way to harvest a few more minutes in the day by not being um, a slave to my phone. And um, and I think probably you, I, I gave you permission to not respond immediately because I don't think it's important. I, I think, you know, there's, there's other things in life and I do still um, write letters to a couple of my girlfriends and, um, yeah, just just not trying to avoid that just distraction i suppose so yeah fantastic um i want to ask you you mentioned challenge and challenging the status quo and when you're preparing for tarawira um we did get in touch and if i can share i'm sure it's is it okay for me to share what you said in that message to me yeah so something that's yeah yeah, yeah something that from that message you sent was um, and I'm going to paraphrase what you said to me, but it stuck with me because it was so powerful. And you said, basically, society has expectations on what women can do and um, what people can do. Let's, let's separate the people about having a career, having a family um, and not being able to do all these things. But in that, you, you had this phrase that you said after you listed all these societal expectations and you said, just watch me. And there was power in that mantra that you mm -hmm. said. And it was like, whoa, you're going to go out and do something awesome here. Can you tell me about how that relates <laughs> why and, and like where that comes from in you? Oh, I, um, yeah, I, I like 
to um I don't want people to assume what I'm capable of um and I like to 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 play with those um those stereotypes and challenge them and said or hopefully by me challenging them it, it, I you know it means that other people think ah oh, actually she can do it then maybe maybe I can do it too um yeah I think that there you can't you can't have it all but you can have um if you define it well you can have the things that are important to you um you just have to be really clear about what they are and then be quite focused about about um building working toward them and and making them happen um yeah how do I just watch me um I don't know I think I'm I I use it as fuel uh, for myself um I think you know sometimes it's a bit dangerous saying this out loud but um you know I'm working in a in an industry that's traditionally led by by men um it still is um but there is a there's a um a lot more women coming on board which is amazing um but again I kind of see it as a bit of a challenge like um yeah why can't I why can't I be a leader here um just because no one's done it before doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to give it a go I think I've you know I've got the right experience and the right skills and um and I find that motivating um yeah so yeah I like I probably use that those um constraints as fuel I love that has that something is that something you've always done or is it where does it come from I I think so I I mean I I remember being at high school and we used to do these fitness tests and they'd have like a a set of um you know expectations for the girls and a set of expectations for the boys and they were different and I was like I'm gonna get a, a a five out of five on the boys scale like it was just and you know I don't know where it came but I, must, I think I was born with that um yeah I, I don't want to um, be limited by some what someone thinks yeah that's really amazing so what do you say what, what would you say to the um the mum who's just had a barb and wants to get back into running or has just had you know bub number two or got a couple of little ones like you and and they're trying to find either the time, the motivation, the permission to train. Mm. Maybe they feel like the guilt that's associated with a parent. Mm. That. What would you say? Yeah. Oh, um, I, um, I feel like I'm just coming out of the fog of young, young babyhood. Um, my my youngest daughter is two, so we're just starting to um, move out of pram life, but. Um, I for me it's a, it was about building and moving wherever possible so like um play with your kids move when you can um stay um stay I, I had sort of a goal to be as active as possible for as long as possible through my pregnancies so um just um keep doing what you normally do as long as it's comfortable so so retaining as much um fitness before and through um your pregnancies and then and then the same on the other side so slowly building back into it as you as you feel comfortable um yeah what would I say to them so giving yourself permission so um 
yeah, try and and make even small amounts of space for yourself. So when I first, I think it was after my second boy and I returned to work and I just sort of started back running and it's amazingly humbling being a beginner again. Um, uh, it's And I, I had very limited time and so I just focused on doing a fast 3K and eat like, you know, I'd just go out and do three kilometers or five kilometers in the evening. Um, and that would only take like 17 to 20 minutes, you know, like as quick as I can, quick as a flash. No one really noticed that I was gone. Um, and so building in those small windows, um, I think I actually have a really warped sense of time, which I'm, I, I'm probably consistently running three to five minutes late through my whole life. Um but I think that's because I see like a 15 minute window and I want to make it productive. <laughs> so I never see, I, yeah. So even like a 15 to 20 minute window for me is an opportunity. Um, so just seeing your life like, um, like that can be helpful. Yeah. That's tremendously know. helpful. That is tremendously helpful. Um, but that's how you view it. And, and talking about how you view your life, you've mentioned being the, the 80 year old runner, so you have this long-term view. Is, do, do you see your life in like a timeline that you've, if you planned it out like somehow? Oh, obviously that's in there somewhere. Yeah, I definitely haven't planned it out. Um, I'm just living it. I, I kind of just like to maximise the moment and that means that um, hopefully the next door will open or the next opportunity will, will come up. But um, yeah, definitely... I think when um, when I first started running, I, I've always been active and I've always been outdoorsy and that comes from my family. But when I very first started sort of running on the road at university, I went and did the equivalent of like a park run, like a, it was a five kilometre club run on a Wednesday night. And there was um, a woman there. And, and to be honest, I was in my, uh, I probably wasn't even 20. And I... I thought she was I thought she was a bit older so I think she might have been like in her I'm gonna say late 50s to early 60s um but stringy and athletic and fit and she kicked my ass she kicked my ass she actually handed it to me and um I was like in awe of this woman I was like that that to me is you know I I, I want there to to never peak you know like I want to still be I mean, best 40-year-old version of myself and the best 50-year-old and the best 60-year-old and the best 70-year-old. And um, and I think that seeing her still getting out there, getting after it, um, fit and active and healthy, and um, I was really inspired by that. And I was like, that's amazing. And now every time I go to an event, I'm just so – I'm actually really inspired by the back of the pack, the ones who are doing it for the first time, um, the people who have had a change of lifestyle and – uh, maybe still carrying quite a lot more weight than they, um, you know, they would like to be, but they're out there um, doing their own goals. It's so inspiring. Or, yeah, people who are a bit older, still enjoying it, still challenging themselves. Um, that's my definition of success. I, I think, yeah, still um, always um, doing the best for you or challenging you at whatever stage you're at in your life. I think that's um, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And so on that, what are your next challenges or, or, or where, in, in any area of your life? 
Oh man, I am. Um, like I said earlier, um, my having done two ultras in a, in a short space of time, and I am just an average, average human. Um, I am gonna. I am taking a few months of of lower volume training because, it, like my dad suggested, he said, "Wait till your toenails grow back, Courtney." <laughs> Um, so I'm going to try to let my toenails grow back over the winter, um, just do training that I enjoy um, and play with my children and, um, yeah, just uh, run when I want, when when I feel like, like I'm enjoying it and like I want to and can fit it in around my family. So really switching that training focus um, to fitting around my family, especially on the weekends, um, because the longer runs can be quite demanding. Um, yeah, so a couple of a couple of months of of rest, and then I think I'm gonna sign up for another road marathon, which is really quite the surprise. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'd love to I'd love to go under the three hours in the marathon. So I think that'll be my next goal. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I I've absolutely loved this chat but before we go I, I just wanted to say is there anything else that we haven't said or any question i haven't asked or anything you would love mm -hmm. to share because i would love to hear more oh man um no i i like i said i'd rather flip it on you and and get some wisdom while i'm here but um no i i really enjoyed the chat um i i suppose i am i feel humbled to have been asked because I see myself as a very much average, average human. Um, I'm a, I've got a regular job and a um, regular family and a, a really normal life, and um, and hopefully um, that can speak to lots of other people who have the same the same types of constraints um, and still want to go out and and do some inspiring things for themselves. Um, it can be done and. Um, it can um, pay dividends into the other areas of your life rather than than take away from um, or make, you know that that guilt. So, Courtney, what you said then is so important for so many people to hear because we 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 do feel guilt as parents or as um, brothers or sisters or whatever we're in for, for putting ourselves first. Using the cliche, but I know that I do and have in the past. But what you've taught us on this call is that. You make yourself a better person through um, clearly defining your priorities and 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 carving out the time and, and boundaries to go after them because that means that wherever you go, you come as a better version of yourself. And um, if that's the one takeaway people get from this out of you self-described ordinary human being who <laughs> somehow manages to, to compete and win these incredible races in amongst everything else you do, um, I know there's lots of people who will get a lot of inspiration from you, even though you may not see yourself like that. So thank you very much. Thanks, Rob. And I hope we can have a part two, um, maybe when the sub three hour marathon comes around, you can tell us how you did that as an ordinary, absolute amazing person. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something useful and practical out of this episode. If you have a question around the mindset of runners or athletes in general, please email me, athlete.mindset.training at gmail.com, and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. And if there's anyone you know who could benefit from the information I share in these podcasts, please share it with them. 
See you next time.